Heavenly Father, we have come this morning to meditate upon your promises. We ask that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we understand your word and so that we put it into practice. And we pray this in your Son's name. Amen. Well, this morning as we come to the baptisms of Trina and Sam, it is good for us to be reminded of what the message of Christianity is all about that they have embraced. And this is one of the finest examples in all of Scripture that comprehensively speaks about the good news of Jesus Christ. What Christianity is all about, it is found in these verses that are before us in Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1 through to verse 10. What is this message of Christianity? Well, firstly, if we look at the text before us, we see that humans are dead in transgressions and sins. We start with the bad news before we get to the good news. The message of Christianity is in verse 1, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. The message of Christianity is one that tells Humans, that you are ones who have broken God's laws. You have sinned against God. That is what sin is, is lawlessness, breaking the laws of God. Transgression means that you've transgressed a boundary line that was set there and you have gone past it. And so you are a sinner, you are a transgressor before God. And the following verses speak about the way that we live as sinners. In verse 2 it says, In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. The world is one that uh, loves to transgress the law of God. And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Who is this spirit who is at work in those who are disobedient? Who is the one who is the ruler of the kingdom of the air? Well, it's Satan himself, that evil spirit. He is the one who people are following as they transgress God's law. He is the great transgressor of God's law, and we follow in his footsteps. And is it everyone that has transgressed God's law? Is everyone a sinner? The answer is yes. Even the Apostle Paul says in verse 3, he says, All of us, all of us, also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. You see the three influences there in those verses before us that we, are, that we have as sinners. We have the world, which loves us to, dis, uh, to disobey God. We have Satan, who also loves us to disobey God. And even our own sinful nature, our flesh, loves to disobey God. And it is all of us who are ones who are going about gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. Now, why is this bad news? A lot of people out there love to think that sin is a good thing. Why is it bad news? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us. Why is sin a problem? The second part of verse 3, second sentence there before you. Like the rest, we were, by nature, objects of wrath. It is bad news to be told you're a sinner because God hates sin and he is a just God and he will hold people to account for the way they have behaved and he will punish them with his wrath for all of eternity in hell. This is the bad news. But Christianity is a message of good news. The doctor makes his diagnosis and says there's a problem, and then he tells you how to fix it. And this is what the following verses teach us here. It teaches us here how we can have life again. And it is not through ourselves. What can man do about being dead in sin? 
Well, this passage tells us that we can't do anything. It is not by works. I can't give you some message this morning that if you do this, this, and this, if you go on a pilgrimage to this land, if you keep these particular laws, then you will redeem yourself from your life of sin and you will save yourself from the wrath of God. No, verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. And then verse 9, Not by works, so that no one can boast. No one is allowed to boast that they have saved themselves from their sin because it is not by works that you can be saved. I can give you all kinds of laws, but I would be leading you astray if I was to say that they will save you because the Apostle Paul, speaking by the Spirit of God, God says, not by works so that no one can boast. This continues to sound like bad news, but how can we be saved then? What is the good news? Well, it's by God that we can be saved through Jesus Christ. Verse 4 has that wonderful message for us. After speaking about the fact that we are all sinners deserving God's wrath, what does verse 4 4 say? But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. We can be made alive by God. In his love, he makes us alive through who? Through Jesus Christ. Made us alive with Christ. The message of Christianity is that God himself came, lived amongst us, and died in our place on the cross took the punishment that we deserve, the eternal wrath that we deserve was put upon Christ at the cross as our sin was put upon him and he was treated as we deserve to be treated so that the punishment we deserve was taken away in Jesus Christ. This is the good news of Christianity, that we are made alive in Christ Jesus. He gives us spiritual life, that we can understand these things, and he gives us eternal life, that instead of being eternally punished, we will be eternally safe in the paradise, the heaven that is to come. It's wonderful truth of Christianity that God sends his spirit and applies the blood of Jesus Christ to our hearts, washing away our sin and washing away the wrath that we deserve in Christ's blood. Why would God do this? Why would God show mercy? Well, we read in verses 6 and 7, why? And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that, why did he do it? That in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God is showing his kindness. God is getting glory by the way that he came and redeemed sinful people for himself. Now, is it everyone that is saved? No, it is not everyone who is saved. It is only those who belong to God. And how do we know if someone is saved? How do we know if someone is a Christian? Well, we see that they behave the way a Christian behaves. How does a Christian behave? Well, we see in this text that it is by faith that they live, by trusting in God. Verse 8 says, verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. If you do not have faith in God, then you are not a child of God. You need to be one who trusts in God. If you do not see trust in you, then you are still an object of God's wrath rather than of his glory and his kindness and his mercy and his love. And then we also see it's not just faith that is shown. 
in the Christian's life is also good works. In verse 10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. A Christian is someone who trusts in God, but also shows it by the way that they live. They obey God's commands, not to be saved, but because they're already saved. In fact, that was why God saved them. Yes, it's to, ultimately to display his glory, but it is so that we will do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do, it says there in verse 10. So this is the message of Christianity. And it can be hard to try and comprehend what it's teaching here as we look at it this morning. And I think an illustration may help us to understand what has happened to the Christian, what has happened to Sam, what has happened to Trina as we see them baptised this morning. What is a non-Christian like? For us to understand what the message of Christianity, what is a non-Christian like? Well, the Bible tells us that they're a dead person. They're like a dead person. We saw that in verse 1. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. There's only two states for mankind. They're either dead or they're alive. There's no in-between. You think of a dead person. There's no half-dead, despite what you might think sometimes of yourself when you wake up in the morning and you haven't had your coffee and you feel like you're a bit half-dead. Well, you're still alive. You just don't feel as alive as you might want to. There's either a dead person or an alive person. At the morgue, they know who are the dead people and who are the living people. And we do too. We know if someone is dead and we know if someone is alive. Why is being dead a problem? Well, what do we do with dead people? Well, we might keep them around for a little bit, but what starts to happen to a dead person? They start to rot. And what do we do with a rotting person? We eventually put them outside the community. We put them definitely outside our home, and we even have a designated area within the community, usually, where we put the dead person. We don't find them acceptable to be around us. And what can the dead person do to change that state? If someone is dead and they don't want to be put in a graveyard, what can they do? Nothing. A dead person can't do anything. They can't think, they can't speak, they can't hear, they can't move. A dead person is just dead. That's all they do. But it is possible, isn't it, for someone outside the dead person to bring them back to life. People die in hospitals, but they don't always remain dead. Someone can actually bring them back to life, can't they? They can resuscitate someone in the final stages of the death that they're experiencing. For example, a heart surgeon. A heart surgeon can take out a dead heart, a heart that is dead and has failed and will not work anymore. And what does a heart surgeon do? Takes that dead heart out, puts in a new heart, a living heart that can beat and pump the blood around the body so that the body is able to hear, the body is able to think, the body is able to speak and move again. Why would the surgeon bother doing that? Why does a surgeon take out a dead heart and put in a living heart? Well, it's out of his grace, isn't it? His mercy towards the person. He wants to help, but it's also for his own glory, isn't it? Surgeons love the glory of being able to make the dead live again. Of course, there's often financial benefits that come with that as well, that they glory in as well. And how do we know that someone is alive then? How do we know that a surgeon has acted in someone's life that was previously dead, had a dead heart, but is now alive? 
well, their body begins to work again, as I said. And there are nurses around to help the person in rehabilitation. They may be alive, but there's still problems that they've got to work through. And so we surround them with nurses and other health professionals, physios, occupational therapists, to try and help them as they seek to use that body again. Now, how is this illustration helpful for us this morning as we look at the gospel message of Christianity? Well, this is precisely what God does. We had that read for us before in that reading we heard from Ezekiel chapter 11, where it says that God says, I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. I will take out the heart of stone, the dead heart, and put in a heart of flesh, is what God says. This is the message of Christianity. We all at one time were spiritually dead, spiritually dead because of our sins. We were dead to God. We didn't love God. We didn't trust in God. We didn't understand his doctrines of sin and judgment and heaven and hell and his wrath and who his son is and who the Holy Spirit is. All these things, we were dead to them. We couldn't hear them and understand them as they were being spoken to us. We were just there like a dead person who cannot respond to such doctrines. And why is that a problem? Well, God in his justice, what does he do? What do we do with dead people? We put them outside the camp. We put them outside our home. God, eventually, all those who are rebellious towards him, who sin against him, who are dead, he puts outside his camp, outside this world, in a place of judgment for us to rot for all of eternity. God is a just God, and he doesn't allow rebels to continue in their rebellion, in their deadness. He puts them outside the camp. He doesn't allow them to continue in this world. But what is possible? Is it possible for us to change our state of deadness? No, it's not possible. Remember, we're dead to God, so we can't save ourselves. You can't do anything to redeem yourself. You're a dead person. But what is possible? The divine heart surgeon can take out that dead heart of yours that has sinned against God and replace it with a living heart. Why would he do that? Well, it's for the heart surgeon's glory, the divine heart surgeon's glory. For all of eternity, he will be shown as this one who made dead people come to life by his kindness and his mercy and his grace towards them. How do we know that someone has a living heart, that that dead heart has been removed by divine surgery, committed by the divine surgeon? How do we know? Well, it's by the fact that that person starts saying, I actually believe this. I believe there is a God, and I believe he has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die in my place, and I want to serve him. I want to live for him. I want to keep his ways. Just as we know that a dead person has been brought back in a hospital room by a heart surgeon, by the fact that they start to move and work again, that is how we know if someone's a Christian whether the divine surgeon has taken out that heart of stone and put in the heart of flesh. It's by the way that they start to live. And so that person then surrounds themselves with nurses who are other Christians there to help them in their rehabilitation, to help them to learn how to serve the living God. So this is the message of Christianity. It tells us what the state of all humans is. 
that they are all sinners against God. But it also tells us about the wonderful change that God can bring to sinners. And that is why we at Dremoyne Baptist Church, who love the Lord Jesus Christ, are so excited this morning about the baptisms of Sam and the baptisms of, baptism of Trina. Because the dead now live. Sam and Trina were once dead. But now we see that they live by the way that they behave, by their affirmation that they trust in God. They have come from death to life. They have been raised to life. And this is exciting for us to hear, that the divine surgeon has mercifully taken out the heart of stone that was there previously and has put in a heart of flesh for his own glory. Sam and Trina's baptism affirms that they once were dead and buried, but now they've been raised to life in Christ. That's one of the beauties of the full immersion baptism, which I think is the only baptism. I'm a Baptist through and through. The only baptism that is a true baptism, it shows so wonderfully to you this morning as Sam and Trina go down into the water. That is a deathly place. As they're buried by the water, it's shows that they are buried with Christ so many years ago. But just as Christ came up out of the grave, so Sam and Trina will come up out of the grave. So this is a wonderful picture that will be here this morning for you of death to life. It has already happened in their lives and they are now wanting to tell you what has happened, to affirm by the way that God has commanded that they have been raised to life. And hopefully you've seen that it is indeed true. We at Dremoyne Baptist have watched them. We've seen evidence in their life that God is at work in them, so therefore they have new hearts, and so we are happy to baptise them. But if you're a friend or a family member of Sam or Trina, I hope that you've also seen a change in them, that there's something different about them. And I'm here to tell you what that is. It is that they have a new heart. And it is working and producing good works in it. Now, some of you here this morning may not be understanding what I'm talking about, and you're not really rejoicing here this morning with the rest of us. You don't really understand what the fuss is all about, to be quite honest. If that is you, then understand that you prove the Bible's point. You prove my point this morning, that you're dead in your sins, and so you can't understand this text. You are deaf to it because you are dead. You may think this guy at the front, he's a bit of a religious nut, and I think that Trina and Sam have become religious nuts too, along with this nutty place that I'm visiting this morning. You may think it's all a bit odd, which is sad for us. We love that you've come along to support Sam and Trina, if that's what you've done this morning. But we don't want you to be an object of God's wrath any longer. We want you to be alive as well. We want you to know the joy of having eternal life in Jesus' name. So what can I do for you this morning? What can you do to become a Christian? Well, the answer is nothing. Nothing. Remember what the Bible says? You are dead. You can't do anything. What can I do to try and help you? All I can do is lay out the surgical tools for God to use to hopefully then bring you life. What are the surgical tools that God uses? Well, it's his word. This is the way that God operates. This is the way he brings life. And the preaching of his word, the explanation I'm giving you this morning, it's a tool that's often used by God to bring life to people. But unless God, as the divine surgeon, picks up the tools this morning and uses them on your heart, 
you cannot understand these things. You cannot believe them and you cannot serve God. There is only one heart surgeon, God himself. There's only one heart surgeon. And if he is not working on your heart this morning, then there's no hope for you. There's no hope for you. You won't believe any of this. You may be in a hospital this morning. Picture this. That's what we're in. We're a hospital. There's nurses all around you. There's Christians that are here who are alive. They've got the tools here. They've got the Bible there. They've got the message that's being explained. But unless the divine surgeon shows up in your heart, unless he operates on you, you won't get any of this this morning because you are dead. But for some of you this morning, this may start to be making sense. This may make some sense. And you may think this guy up the front, he is actually making sense. The world does follow the cravings of their sinful nature, as it says there in verse 2 and verse 3. Verse 3 particularly, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. As you look around at the world, you see, yeah, that's true. From a national level, we fight with other nations, down through the society to your neighbour, even to within your own family, fighting to satisfy the desires of your sinful nature. And you think this is true. I can see that we are under the influence of of the flesh, my sinful nature within me. I'm under the influence of the world, the friends and the family around me. I'm under the influence of Satan himself. There are things that I do that are evil and I just don't understand why. I think this is true. And I think I am dead in my transgressions and sins. I've been satisfying the cravings of my sinful nature. And you may be thinking, I'm disgusted by it. I'm disgusted and I'm fearful that what it says here is true in verse 3, that like the rest, I am a nature, by nature an object of God's wrath, that one day I will be punished for my sin. And so you're thinking this morning, I think maybe this is right. I think this book may be right. I think Sam, Sam and Trina may be right as well, that they're not religious nuts, that they've actually found something that is true and good they made a right diagnosis of the world. And they now have something that is good. Well, if that is you this morning, that you're starting to actually think that this makes sense, then I have good news for you, potentially good news. If that is you, it could be that God is operating right now and putting a new heart within your soul. That you are actually being operated on by the divine surgeon now. You have a new heart and it's pumping life around your body as you look at a text like this and you start to comprehend that the world is sinful and deserves God's wrath. But there is a way to be saved and that is through Christ Jesus and him alone. It's heart surgery that is being done on you right now in our little hospital here at Dremoyne Baptist Church. Conviction of sin is a healthy sign that you're alive. A dead person doesn't mourn over anything. A dead person doesn't care about pain, do they? But if you're sitting here this morning and actually starting to feel pain about the way you've lived in your life, that you know you've broken God's laws, that you know you've ignored your creator, if you're feeling pain about that, that's a healthy sign that you're actually alive. 
that God has operated upon you and given you a heart of flesh. It doesn't matter if you've been dead in the morgue for 50 years. God can bring you back to life right now. The divine surgeon has that skill. He can give you a new heart right now. If that is you, if you think that what is being said here this morning makes sense, then run with it. Struggle with the energy that God is giving you even now as he is mercifully pumping life around your body. Let the new life wash over you and be raised with Christ Jesus this morning. Listen to us here this morning. We're the nurses. We're not the the surgeon, remember. That is God. But the Christians here this morning, we're the nurses here to help you in your rehabilitation process. Because the thing is, once you become a Christian, you've still got a lot to go before we get to glory itself. Yes, you have new life, but you're still going to struggle with the world. You're still going to struggle with the flesh, and you're still going to struggle with Satan. And so nurses are here to help you to know what to do, how to trust in God, and how to serve him as you should. And that's what we're here to tell you this morning, is that you need to turn from your sin. You need to say, make a decision in your heart this morning, I'm going to stop doing wrong. I'm going to start worshipping my creator and doing what he says I should do. That I'm going to trust him now. You repent of your sins. You turn from them. You trust in God this morning. You trust that Jesus so many years ago, he died in your place so that the wrath of God was poured out upon him instead of you. And then experience the joy of living. Not the deadness of sin, but the life of righteousness, the life of right living, of doing good works for God. And praise God for awakening you from your deadness, to, from your deadness in sin to spiritual life, that you can actually understand the Bible when you read it now. Before it seemed like nonsense, now it makes sense. And that you have eternal physical life. God gives us spiritual life, but he also gives us eternal physical life. You will have a resurrection body that will not die, a resurrection body that will not feel pain or suffering or sorrow any longer. That is what you look forward to, and so you should praise him. If we had a heart surgeon take out our heart in this world, in a hospital here, and give us new life, what would we do? We would thank him for doing that, for giving us life. Shouldn't we be doing that for a divine surgeon who has given you new life? You couldn't do anything to help yourself, but he in his mercy did. And so, of course, you want to thank him and serve him however you can. And then I would encourage you, find a nurse. I'm up here this morning being a nurse to try and help walk you through if God is working in your heart this morning to walk you through it, but you need nurses around you. You need to speak to someone to help you. Speak to Trina, speak to Sam, speak to myself or another member here at Dremoyne Baptist Church and find a whole hospital full of nurses to join. What's the hospital that you should join? It's a local church that teaches God's word. That's what a local church is. It's a bunch of nurses all getting together to help one another as they rehabilitate themselves with the new life that God has given them. And that's what Sam and Trina are doing today. They're actually joining Dremoyne Baptist Church. When they rise from the water, the members of Dremoyne Baptist Church voted a number of weeks ago that they would be baptised, and on the day of their baptism, once they are baptised, they actually become 
full-fledged members of Des Moines Baptist Church. They're committing themselves to the members here. Why? So that they can be rehabilitated even further by the members here at Des Moines Baptist Church, by the nurses surrounding themselves with these nurses, but also that they are gifted now as nurses as well, that they have been gifted by God with gifts to help other people grow in the new bodies that they have from God, the new souls that they have, the new hearts that they have are being transformed all the time. And Trina and Sam have been gifted by God. I'm still excited to see what gifts God has given them. But they are coming here to help others grow in grace. And if that is you this morning, that you believe that these things, and you've started to believe them for the first time, you're feeling a conviction of sin, find a good hospital to help you in your rehabilitation process so that you can go increasingly strong in God's grace. So which is it for you this morning? Are you dead or are you alive? It's only two states, dead or alive. Are you an object of God's love or are you an object of God's wrath? Let's speak with him. Let's come to God. Heavenly Father, we praise you as the God who raises the dead. We ask that you in your mercy and your love, that you would give life to everyone here. To those who are dead, give a new heart that beats for you. To those who are already yours, help them to nurse one another, to serve you more fully and joyfully with the life that you have given them and is coursing through their veins even now. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen.